0: hello hello humans behind the screen this is dre murray thank you once again for tuning in to the world famous black gold creative podcast that's right we are international we have listeners in canada That's right. So (laughs) thank you for tuning in. And uh, today we have a treat for you whenever it is that you're listening to this in the future. We have a treat as we talk about the NBA to start this conversation off. We talk about the NBA as well as sprinkle in a little WWF in the mix and compare NBA players to our favorite WWF characters. Um, You know, not WWE, but WWF for those that grew up in this era. Uh, but we, we, uh, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, the, the, the Twitter facts surrounding, uh, James Harden's, uh, fluctuation of, <laughs> of weight, um, whether it was real or not, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then what we really though, seriously, what we really want to drive home in this episode, as well as the second part, which you'll hear, uh, in the future after this, unless you listen to them you know, in, in a different order, uh, is that discipline, um, is, is something that is needed, uh, in order to reach your fullest potential and a lot of people may disagree with that with that statement but we kind of break it down when we're talking about um you know things that we embark on as creatives and and realizing that it's going to take a a certain level of discipline to get to that point um that we're trying to to get to And, and a host of other things we we break down as well. I think it's a beautiful conversation. Um, and I hope, I really hope that you guys enjoy it. Hope that you have fun with it. Hope that you share it. Hope that you subscribe to the, to the podcast, tell your friends and go to blackgoldcreative.org whenever you get a chance. All right, signing off. I'll, I'll leave you with this episode. Have an amazing day. Drink some great coffee. Peace. Hello, humans behind the screen. This is Dre Murray. This is the Black Gold Creative Podcast. I'm checking the temperature of my mic right now as I talk to you. And I'm here with my co-host, the organic, the holistic, the peaceful, but yet violent, Billy wiggington ladies and gentlemen
1: (laughs) i was checking the temperature of my coffee over here bro i almost burned my mouth just now (laughs) oh
0: yeah i had to let mine cool i did an aeropress so i let mine cool down a little bit that's what you know that's what the the pros say to do so i I, I listen to the pros
1: i know man listen i did it texas style today i did my regular brew but what i did was i got a yeti tumbler for christmas yeah and i put I put that coffee straight in the Yeti when it was through brewing, and you mm-hmm. and I have been sitting here talking, you know, pre-production for I don't know how long, and then I just took a yeah. sip and about burned my mouth when we recording. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's speaking I of that, we got to get things. a sponsor deal, man. <laughs> yes, we got bro. Other than anchor, we need a, we need a, we need another. It, they'll they'll come, man. We we shout out a lot of people on this podcast. We got to. <laughs> you know start hitting the uh the button that bleeps it out and you know <laughs> yeah. holding them for ransom <laughs> yes sir you know what I'm saying <laughs> but yeah those i hate those things bro i i have not a yeti but one similar but it's the insulated joint that like you know it it just gets super hot or super cold uh it's a good which is a good thing mm-hmm. but i forget sometimes when I just lock it in and just let it sit there, that it's actually boiling when, it's, <laughs> 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 you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it just like you and it, it does not, it does not do well. Coffee doesn't do well in those, in those cups. I think it changes not only the temperature, but it's changing the, uh, the, uh, molecular like structure, like something. It, yeah. yeah. The makeup of it, something is going on with the coffee. Cause it, it, it's you got to let it cool bitter. to a certain temperature first,
1: I think. Yeah, it's pretty it bitter in
0: there. In there it's, it kind of tastes like it has a little residue of the gas station coffee, The the mm. uh, a hint of the gas station coffee whenever it's in those things. I think because that's what those things are made for. They're made for like, you know, quick trip <laughs> and 7-Eleven.
1: Now, hold on. Uh, Yeti, Yeti's made, they're, they're kind of unashamed about their, um, <laughs> their goals on their website. I mean, they got one for... I guess it's for women. It could be for anybody that shaped like a wine glass because that joint oh, is Lord. made for that. And oh, their Lord. their tumblers, it's like, uh, hey, this is great for whiskey around the fire. And I'm telling you, I've had as much, I've had whiskey in here as often as I've had coffee in here. So yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty good if you put whiskey in there, whatever temperature it is, it's going to keep it keep it that way, keep it nice. So
0: so wh- whiskey and gas station coffee. That's what that's what they're <laughs> promoting. That's what they're selling. <laughs> Yeti, until you throw us that sponsorship, that's the that's the narrative narrative I'm rolling with. Throw us the sponsorship, man. I'm holding you hostage. I don't yes, mean that sir. literally. Please don't. don't come <laughs> get me. But yes, we are the Black Go Creator Podcast. Billy, how are you doing this fine Saturday morning at eight thirty three a.m.?
1: I am doing fine, but I will be better. And we'll know exactly how I feel once I see a Rockets game and a Nets game. Not against each other, but just those two games and see what in the world these
0: teams are doing. Yeah. No, I feel you. Uh, I'm I'm excited, but then I got confused because I'm like, okay, they're saying this is the big three, but Kyrie is a wall <laughs> so, so say a hole or a wall no a wall <laughs> is it is it a big three or is it a little two like what what's going on here i man? don't
1: know i just know their dribble dribble memes are hilarious
0: <laughs> hilarious dog hilarious uh and and uh <laughs> the pictures of kd and Kyrie regular you know normal picture and then it's the the one uh wrestler that was a olympian what's his name <laughs> they you know got james about?
1: harden out here looking like the guy from Seoul, the barber from Seoul.
0: <laughs> yeah bro what in the world man he's not that big people he's not that big man like we were just talking about that off off uh air i'm gonna say off air because this is uh you know the world famous black Girl creative podcast we're worldwide it's kind of <laughs> like a radio show so i'm gonna say off off air um but i'm trying to figure out we talked about this but i'm really trying to figure out if he's that big because i'm confused because i'm I'm confused because i follow him online and when i saw some of these memes and then you see him in the warm-up And which can be deceiving, right? Because you're wearing other stuff underneath the warm ups, and if you have a certain (laughs) build already, did you see people talking about everybody's face when he gets to
1: Brooklyn and takes off the fat suit and
0: goes? (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't see that. People talking
1: about he's wearing like a padded thing underneath to mess everybody up. Oh man, hilarious! No, I I think you're right about the warm ups and the layers. I just think about how I've always been a, a, a layers person. I always like to wear like. A shirt and an overshirt, a hoodie, you know, jacket, like layer. Yeah. And when I was younger, you know, I would try to do that. My mom would be like, Man, take off all them shirts. You got all them layers. You got you looking real bulky out here instead of yeah, just, yeah. you just put on one t shirt, even though you might feel insecure, you're going to look better than all those layers. And so, Right. With, J- with James Harden, bro, I don't know how many layers he's got on, but when you see him in the warm up, even versus in the game, you're like, Okay, something doesn't add up. And then when you see him, when you see him out, you know, paparazzi he's walking to his car versus in the game or in the warm-up and you're like that don't look right either something's weird like he looks three different sizes on
0: the same day that's what i'm saying bro like it's it's (laughs) it's somebody's playing a trick on us i I truly believe (laughs) because you go to his instagram and and i don't know when this was shot you know he's done some some ads for adidas um and dude looks in tip-top shape. And I know that it was in the past, but I mean, how far in the past? Uh you, like you and I talked about like man, it just it just happened that quick that he just blew up. And so, I think what we're experiencing right now, which is a conversation for another podcast, is the the uh of the the effect of the internet has become a place to where <laughs> Pain and negativity and just things that would be traumatizing to some people have turned into jokes. Yeah, which you and I have got on, gotten off on some of these jokes with the with the hard stuff. It is it it's definitely funny, but what I'm saying is the the deception piece of it, right? Underneath the uh the comedy, and it takes a life of its own mm-hmm. to where. To where that becomes fact, and yeah. then it and then it turns into, I don't even believe that this is real, but I'm gonna promote this this way anyway, right. and it just it gets, and so it ter- once it turns into a joke, it goes to the extreme with the joke. You yeah. feel what I'm saying? To where yeah. it becomes over exaggerated. So that's why I'm saying I think somebody's playing a trick on us because. I see some of these pictures of him. You know how they do when they when they when they have an article and they use a picture, a still picture, <laughs> for the article. Yeah, they enhance that mug like yeah. they want to put that person in the worst possible light. And so I'm looking at some of these pictures and I'm like, yo, he looks huge. There's no way. There's there's mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no way, bro. Like he couldn't be James Harden right. on the floor at that size. And so I'm wondering, man. Like I just I want to. Like he's got to get on Instagram and be like, "Yo, yo, here's the scale." <laughs> like you gotta, bro, you gotta. Yeah, come on, this tell is us live. The truth, look, here, man. let me show
1: you a calendar. All right, here's my scale.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like the dress, bro. The dress that, uh, oh yeah. people were trying to guess if it was gold or purple or whatever. Uh-huh. It's the same thing. Blue it's and like black, this man. <laughs> no, man, it was yellow and white. <laughs> you know, that's the been the most – this
1: is this is kind of silly to bring up a little, but this is one of the – that was one of the most painful things about being a Houston Rockets fan for the whole time that James Harden was in Houston was the yeah. narrative around him. Like he almost – after the first or second season he was on the Rockets, he hardly had a chance to do anything different than what he did because the narrative – was at first it was he's, you know, six man, but he'll never be a star. And then, well, he's a ISO player and a score, but he can't play on a team or carry a team and, you know, all these different narratives. But the most damaging one has been that, yeah, he doesn't care because he's super relaxed or he doesn't show up in the clutch time or when he's needed. And that overall has not been true. However, there have been times where that seemed like what was going on. And you and I talked about it then, little did we know what would happen now with the narrative around his weight or around him leaving and not being a good leader or whatever. I think there was some anxiety or insecurity or things like that going on. And I mean, we can't know that. I don't want to project that on that right. man, but right, right, I'm right. just to your point about what the media does with people's pain, trauma, with their you know personal situations that we don't know about and the assumptions we make. And so I don't know what's gone on with James Harden in his personal life, but I do know there has been hardly any team in the NBA as scrutinized, especially with a star that's proven himself like that, than the Rockets. Probably the only one second would be like the Thunder, you know?
0: Yeah, I was about to say, okay, see, with I the mean, whole – and that was the thing. They they turned the Russell KD thing into yep. this. And you know what I noticed? And this this is, again, another, a whole another podcast. We were here to talk about something else. But the NBA is a reality show. Yes. Uh, it's WWE or WWF mm-hmm. for, for those of you that grew up in the real era. I just want more locker um, room
1: interviews, though. If we're going to do it, I mean, we might as well. <laughs> like me and the you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, Yes,
0: LeBron uh, or, in the hallway. Uh, Man,
1: I'm going out there. I'm going I'm to crush
0: it. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. I'm the GOAT. I'm the GOAT. Yeah. <laughs> Say, who's the king? I want um, my respect. <laughs> <laughs> no, so but uh, who was it? The same guy I was talking about the the quarterback earlier uh, off offline. we were talking about I couldn't think of his name. Still can't think of his name. But um, he said that. No, no, no. Jason Williams. He was. The, he was. He does a show with Jason Williams, former Duke player, Chicago Bulls player, career cut tragically Mm -hmm. short he said that this is your new NBA villain this Hmm. is he said hear me out I'm not saying that these guys play are going to play like the Detroit Pistons but they are going to be villainized in the same way because you have KD who you think of leaving the Thunder leaving Golden State Burner phone, yeah. I, I, you thought I was this person, but I'm really this person. Then you, then you, Kyrie, flat Earth theory. He's the Dennis Um, Rodman. (laughs) Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Just, (laughs) just out there, leave the team. Like, what's going on with Kyrie right now? We don't know. And then you got James Harden. You know what I'm saying? there's people that don't understand what happened with him in OKC when he left and came to Houston, they think that it's his fault. Um. And then you know now, the, and then you know not only that people still talking about the the NBA finals, right? When they were young and playing against the Heat, talking about James Harden partying with Trina in Miami, mm-hmm. and he's the reason why we lost. And just and and the, you you notice that that same narrative has followed him. And it's not saying that there isn't any truth to it, but the same narrow uh, narrative has followed him to houston and now to brooklyn to where he's the the party guys like yeah i'm seeing all these memes talking about uh houston uh strip clubs going out of business because Mm -hmm. (laughs) because james harden is leaving and like all the uh brooklyn scott's still in houston they'll be fine (laughs) yeah (laughs) so it's like man like it's this narrative is built up in the nba for these players and these teams yeah and it drives it drives revenue, you know what i'm saying it, it do you makes think it Lebron
1: likes or hates being the if if we're if we're going to talk about that narrative being similar to the one you know in the nineties with the villains you know early nineties yeah. um do you think Lebron hates being the uh the good guy in this scenario, or do you think he likes it? and the reason why I ask is we know Jordan especially now with the last dance documentary. He was not the the good guy. Like, you know, I mean, per se, he was not right. the, hey, everybody, I'm the happiest, best, you know, no. team leader guy. Let's go do it. He was driven like amazing competitor, but mm-hmm. he wasn't like the clean cut, happy McDonald's, Michael Jackson dancing guy yeah. that we thought necessarily. LeBron, right. he is going to be that especially in contrast to KD and, and the Nets, and it's going to be like, right. man, the Lakers. They're you know just like we did with the Warriors, man. The Warriors, you got Steph and Clay, and they're so cool, and their team culture is so happy and healthy. <laughs> you know, yeah. do you think LeBron's going to love that, roll with it, or do you think he's going to try to be the hey, we're edgy, we're you know we're out here too kind of thing, or just prove it by winning, or what do you think?
0: I I you know that's one thing that I do like about LeBron, and and it's and it's. I don't necessarily think that it's something that's uh strategic on his part. I think it's just who he watched, who he followed, who he mimicked, how he came up, you know, being a phenom early mm-hmm. he He was born you know not straight out the womb, but you know as a basketball yeah, yeah, yeah. player, born to be a leader, and I feel like he understands that role and he studied the past and knows nba history enough that he's in the vein of a jordan even though yeah. you know leaders have different styles and roles of leadership but there's one objective you yeah. know we had steve jobs you got i mean steve jobs he ruled a certain way but he got stuff done you know but behind the scenes people was like he's a tyrant but he mm-hmm. you know we got the iphone we got like, right right he um so I think that he accepts that. That I don't think that it's he's painting his own picture. He's writing his own story as far as who he's going to be. But that's one thing that I will say about him because you name some of those other teams: Golden State, um, who, whoever, name the Spurs, them. There is yeah. no, there is no clear cut leader like we mm-hmm. had in the nineties. You knew who the leader was, yep. and I don't mean when I say leader, I don't mean the best player on the floor. Right, who the who the leader was? Um, yeah, LeBron is in that vein. Like Golden State has never had in my mind; they've never had a leader. They just had a, a good team. Yeah, um, good team and good culture, day, kind of stuff. Yeah, back in the day with the Rockets, who was the leader? Olajuwon. mm, Elaguan was the guy that wasn't just a good player. He was a the culture was people gravitated towards that he was the dominant force on that team he's the reason Uh, vernon
1: maxwell played the way he did he's the reason why they got clyde you know he's the reason those kind of things yeah
0: vernon maxwell and 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 this is not just me just talk i was in houston vernon maxwell at times was a nutcase bro like Mm -hmm. there were there were things that the people don't know about as far as like a little petty arrest and all this kind Mm -hmm. of stuff like He's Yo, a LaShawn slapped
1: the mess. In
0: <laughs> yeah. He's akin to Dennis Rodman. And yeah, like yeah. you have to have somebody that can reel that in or else you're going to get dysfunctional teams. And mm-hmm. that's the problem with some of these teams is that they don't have It's like I'm not listening to you, dog. Like woo. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I think LeBron understands that and people that's one of the reasons why he has been successful is that people actually follow his his leadership, you know what I mean yeah, so
1: yeah, I want to hate it uh but the Lakers are uh, amazing this year and um and they were pretty good last year, you know I think the bubble was kind of interesting, but th- they were pretty good last year, even though they won this year, I think yeah. they're really good, and one of the things that's so intriguing, even though I want to hate it is just it's very apparent that LeBron does bring a culture and leadership wherever mm-hmm. he goes and that's healthy. It's not yeah. it's not win at all costs, it's not I'm the goat, it's not any of that. It's it's it literally is a healthy, good, developing, encouraging yeah. type of culture. And uh it makes me honestly, it makes me excited to to watch basketball and to see what they do even mm-hmm. though I don't like I said I don't love LeBron or love the Lakers per se i've been a lakers fan before i've seen you know the team go through ups and downs but yeah seeing seeing what he's doing with them uh makes me excited for basketball even if it is part of a narrative or something uh because watching you know watching a team like the rockets or even the thunder i'm just like man there's so much potential there's glimmers of hope every once in a while and then you're just like man i don't know what y'all are doing and it, it makes me wonder yeah you're let down it makes me wonder like Who is another person who's like a LeBron and what would it look like to bring someone in like that who's a leader? And I think you do see that across the league. I think there's a lot of young guys now who were inspired a little bit more by somebody like a LeBron than a Jordan as far as the culture aspect, the team aspect. And so I'm curious to see what happens in the next, you know. I mean, definitely decades to come, but in the next few years as these guys develop. Like, what is a Trey yeah. Young going to look like as a leader in, on a team? Is he going to be the leader? What is a Donovan Mitchell or a Devin Booker going to look like, you know, in their next few seasons? You know, somebody like Giannis, is he going to develop into a leader? Is he going to just be kind know, of like man. a James Harden type where he's yeah. runs up some numbers, pretty cool superstar, and then that's kind of the end, you know? And we've, yeah. seen, we've seen that all through the, I mean, the 90s were like that in that way. Um, I just think about the Spurs with Kawhi. Like, they were such a force as a team. Mm-hmm. But I never thought of Kawhi Leonard, like, as this star or leader. And sure enough, that was ultimately the demise of his time there. And even with mm-hmm. the Raptors, it was like a weird, people cared more about Ibaka and, and Siakam mm-hmm. than they did about Kawhi while he was there. Even yeah. When they won, because it was just like, what did he do except... Just kind of play good like that. That's it, though, you know. Spurs so.
0: Spurs were an anomaly in that, or not an. I mean, there were a few, a few uh, situations like this. Their coach. Oh yeah, yeah. I I think of I think of Pop, I think of Jerry Sloan,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think of, uh, I don't even put Phil Jackson in this category because he he.
1: He that whole last dance documentary, he looks like he didn't know what he was doing. He just let George. Yeah, do it. it's just a,
0: <laughs> he's a different he's a different different type of thing. Uh yeah. but Carl, George Carl, I think of him. Like there's these certain coaches that uh have their own culture mm-hmm. and you have to hop on board or it's not gonna work out good for you. Right. So the Spurs they ran their team like that same with the jazz you know you yeah. had strong personalities like a Carl malone and all this but you could tell that there was a certain culture there uh um then there were <laughs> there were other situations that um where the coach tried to do that and it didn't it didn't work out too well for like the van gundys and uh
1: footnote see the rockets uh, with the Anthony. <laughs> yes yes <laughs> You know? yes. yes. Dan Those Tony's another things.
0: one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We can go. We can go down. The, and that's down the, the thing. List. I
1: I wish every good coach uh, got a chance to see what they could do with somebody like a LeBron or maybe even somebody like a Kawhi where he's kind of a machine. You tell him what to do and he'll kind of do it until he doesn't want to yeah. anymore. Because I right. think of somebody like Doc Rivers, who's an amazing coach, but this ain't fun. The clippers <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a fun guy. This ain't fun no Oh I think of Doc Rivers, he um is a He's good coach, but, but but the the Clippers just golly kept just hitting a brick wall, you know? Yeah. But but now you've got all those guys on different teams, like the main, main guys, like DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, that era and Chris Paul is killing it on every team he touches right now. I mean he I know, was the man. biggest factor in 60 Houston. Years old. He's the biggest yeah. factor in <laughs> in in OKC, OKC recently, yeah. and then DeAndre Jordan has turned into a role player, you know, a bench, you know, role player for the Nets. But he's doing great at that, and same way with Blake Griffin yeah. in Detroit. And I just they were great together. It just never went over that that hump, you know, even though the culture was clearly good and Chris Paul was clearly the leader. Um, so yeah, it just all there's a lot of what ifs like that uh marvel has a show coming out called that what if where they they take these stories and see what would happen if it was uh, a different way and it makes me uh wonder what it would be like to have an nba analyst creative writer take it and say this is what it could have been like of this team you know based on analytics based on culture here's what the you know 2005, you know, whoever's would have looked like if this was the coach, or if this player had not, you know, gotten injured, and just like make a whole thing where you see what happens. What happens if Chris Paul wasn't injured at the end of that that series with the Rockets? You know, what happens yeah. if you know James Harden gotten injured instead? What happens if you know right. all these things? You know, and and see how it plays out. But all of yeah. this. Is related, believe it or not, people, uh, to what we actually want to talk about on the episode today, which is yeah, yeah, discipline, sure. discipline, yeah. discipline.
0: Yeah. And and not discipline in a way where it's like, hey, come to the principal's office. Not that type <laughs> of discipline. Um, something that that you and I have been talking about as of late and, and I've been having over the last couple of years. This is something that's been coming up for me through conversation and then also just hearing you know, in in quiet time and walks, just feeling a sense of this is like the door that I'm fighting to, to open up because, uh, as, as my friend Ethan Black told me over coffee one time, discipline equals freedom. And to some people that may startle them, they may grab pearls, uh, when they hear (laughs) that, but i have come to to realize that that is the case across the board with with so many things you and i being creatives um you know with stuff that we're trying to get done we we're realizing how much that plays a factor and and you know like you you mentioned earlier there's some hard conversations that we have to have even with ourselves about like yo man get out of bed dude like what (laughs) <laughs> you know, like what like we have to in order to to get to the place where we're reaching our full potential in regards to to creating um and being who God wants us to be mm-hmm. we have to walk through that door of <clears throat> discipline structure intentionality is something that you and I've been talking about a lot um yeah all of those things can lead to freedom and what freedom does. I truly believe freedom allows you to free other people. Um, mm-hmm. Because when you're operating and creating from a place of obligation or, you know, financial gain, whatever, whatever the case may be, if if those are the only things that are driving you, I think that the art becomes tainted in in such a way to yes. where people can't truly receive the freedom because of you know it's a spiritual thing just because of the 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 motive or the objective behind it. So yeah, man. let's
1: let's go back one one layer just because that you made me think of this something we've talked about before. In fact, I think it's on an eight oh eight graphic when we did that series of kind of unfinished. You know, unpolished art that we were putting out by ourselves and other people. Yeah. Um, we had a little graphic with with a. I'm pretty sure it was from a podcast that we had, or at least a, a conversation where we said something to the extent of we uh, artists need to create just for art's sake, like just for expression and for art's sake, versus just trying to create to put out content and yeah. people. When they saw that, man, commented, liked, shared, loved that. Who said this? And I was like, I don't know, me or Dre. I don't even remember. It was just the <laughs> conversation. It wasn't like a profound piece of wisdom, right. at least not in my mind, because I think there's a, a, a need. Like, let's say you are a, a an artistic, creative type of person where your job has to do with some kind of design, graphic design, making models and prototypes, engineering stuff, singing, writing, rapping, dancing, you know, editing, any of those kinds of jobs, sometimes you do it for expression's sake and to, to create. I painted today because of this. I'm going to put on this song and like choreograph a new dance to it. I'm going to go record the song, whatever it is. And then other times you have to do it for a job. And that doesn't right. mean that the content or that your you know end result has to be bad or rote right. or lame or anything like that, it just means there's two different kind of modes that you have to be in. And right yep. now, a lot of artists and a lot of creative people are sort of being forced to create for content's sake. You know, hey, I've got to yes. put something out on social every day. got to yes. drop a song every month. I've got to paint every week I've got to sell commissions like and it's being driven by either one the business side or just this perceived public pressure that's not actually there and the key underlying thing is if discipline were there in a healthy way meaning you draw write paint dance whatever every day just for fun then what happens is you sharpen your skill and you end up being able to use some of that as content after the fact and still do it as expression's sake rather than all it being function all the time and you know what i mean exactly instead of being utility yeah
0: yeah i look at now uh i was thinking about this the other day and you know you and i kind of kind of touched on this but it's something that i've thought about um and i don't think that we, we don't think about it when we're in it creating especially when you're like you're talking about you're just creating for art sake you're just really just just doing it doing it doing it being consistent um you end up like you said with so much this this word that people throw around now content like you end up with so much content right
1: Mm -hmm.
0: we that's become the the word that we use now to describe the the art online is Mm -hmm. content well if we're going to use that word Look at everything that you have. Do you have <laughs> the content? Um, based on what you've been doing, have, have you, have you been creating? Like, if you took a stop right now and looked at all that you have, do you have content? And what's scary is a lot of artists will say that they don't because it's, it's what you're saying. They, they, we, I got to create every day. I got to create every day. And what I did was I took a pause. And I look back at everything that I've created. The 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 stuff that, you know, I was just head down, just working, creating, just, you know, having fun creating. And I look back and I'm like, man, there are millions upon millions of people that don't even know I exist. And I've created some great like content mm. <laughs> over the years. That can be introduced to these people for the very first time. Right. If I did not create another song, if I didn't if I didn't record another song, I have let's say 13 years worth of content that I'm proud of that I could string out over the rest of my life Mm -hmm. in different ways, whether that be hopping on a podcast and breaking down a song you know like we did the the ig live and we broke down every song like that was that was a new project that we were breaking down Mm -hmm. that wasn't all the other stuff (laughs) um visuals for (laughs) uh the songs that never got i mean i haven't shot that many videos yeah um you know books um i was talking to wes pendleton about uh a a a few things um just there's there's tons of ways to use your art once you have made the art right right uh but if you if you go into it sometimes with the with the mindset of i'm stacking all this stuff up so that one day i can use it yeah, that may be the case, but I truly believe that once you get to that place, you won't even want to use it. Right. <laughs> it's like Yeah, no, it's, it's true. Like, I mean man, think I'm, about I'm tired. Think about the <laughs> album the album process for a
1: lot of people. Record thirty and release ten or twelve. And it's like Yeah. I'm not saying that's wrong. Obviously I I love, you know, projects and things that are done well and polished and, and intentional and all that, but the reality is I so respected the, uh, and I know tons of people have done this, B-sides and demos and all, but the Untitled Unmastered project from Kendrick, because it was like those songs clearly could have fit on there, like project-wise, but he just felt like there was a certain vibe and narrative and concept he was trying to do, and these others still fit, just they fit in a different way, and so those were all put together, and I love that kind of idea. Um, So let me ask you this. Let me ask you something. Maybe you haven't thought about this. I haven't put too much thought into it. As far as having an answer to this, I've thought about it a lot. I just don't have any sort of formulated opinions. Art versus content. What's the distinction or the difference there? Is there one?
0: Thank you guys for listening. That was part one of uh, this episode where we speak about a number of things. But, but one of the things that we were about to get into, um, before the break is the question of content and and art. And so, um, we will pick up, uh, with that question or that, that answer rather, uh, on the, the next episode. Hope you guys tune in. Thank you again for, for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for subscribing. Um, we hope you have an amazing rest of your week Uh, Don't forget to go to blackgoldcreative.org for coffee and all things Black Go Creative. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yeah. Peace.